I think it's time that we start a new era when talking about bragging rights between the SWAC versus the MEAC. Speaking of that, let's talk about the SWAC MEAC challenge between Alabama State and Howard in each side of things. Oh, yeah, it's locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU podcast, your number one. Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former chief sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. Now, What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU podcast, your number one. Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day. Every day in today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, who has you covered this season drops and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, before we get into today's episode, I just want to know what you guys think. And please, I've said leave comments down below, tweet me at South Exclusives a multitude of times. But I'm serious about this one. I want to know guys will be interested in more live streaming. That would mean that you would be able to take part in the episode. I will be able to see what you were saying on the side of my screen. I'll be able to see these and actually interact with you, and you can feel like you are a part of the episode. Let me know if this is something that you would be interested in. I wouldn't do it regularly um, as far as every day. It would probably be more like a Friday episode where we're talking about a game or maybe a Monday episode after I come back from a game because I will be at some of these games live. Just let me know what you think. Let me know what you think about that. As we continue getting into the season, we might do one of these and just do a, a couple of trials. But I want to know how you feel about it right now. Now, with that being said, culminate in the big game. FAMU versus North Carolina is a big game. However, in this landscape, it is not the game. And the game is the SWAC MEAC challenge. I'm going to tell you the truth. I think it's time we start a new era in how we talk about the SWAC versus the MEAC. I think that all these numbers and these things that we're saying are outdated. Let's start new. Let's start relatively fresh, okay? But we're not going to get all the way in there. This SWAC MEAC challenge, in addition to the Celebration Bowl, is kind of a bragging rights event. I want to explain exactly why I feel this way and give the history, then get deeper into why I think it's time for a new era. This is a bragging rights event especially this one. This doesn't even really decide anything. This is just my team or my conference beat your conference, right? They play other games throughout the season. However, these are the, the benchmark. These are the ones that are easier to point to. We beat you in a challenge. We beat you in the bowl. These are the games that have to know everybody's schedule and follow every team. It's like this. Think about your Power 5 schools, right? 
you'll see a power five school versus another power five school in the bowl games. And a lot of times that's when we start talking about conference records, because it's easy to just point and say, boom, boom, boom. Those games happen. They're readily available. We know they're happening without us having to really do any kind of digging. It's just really in front of our face. That doesn't count anytime an SEC opponent plays a big 12 opponent. You know, I'm just thinking, cause these are the conferences that are by me that the season. We don't really talk about those. We speak more about them during the bowl season that's this games that are easy to point to now let's get into some history because i do think it's time to talk about this different but i want to give the history first because it kind of leads to why i'm saying that when you're looking at the history of these events in the last 10 years they really haven't been that close only one game has been a one score game southern South carolina state in 2017 other than that you've had a bunch of two you've had a few blowouts in there as well so these are games that aren't that competitive. I hope that's not the case this year. I would like a more competitive game. I would like when those one score come down to the wild of games. But if that isn't what it is, okay, I'm still going to be watching it, right? But here's the thing. The MEAC in that 10-year span is 7-3, and three, and that is a phenomenal record. It's one of the reasons that we say in these games the MEAC has dominated the SWAC. I think it's time to brag different, right? It is time to switch up the brag because it is time for a new era. I'm going to talk state in a second, but it is time for a new era. Yes, they are seven and three. However, how these games are won by, I should say. The MEAC is seven and three in the last 10 years in the MEAC challenge versus SWAC. However, three of those victories came from Bethune. One of those victories came from Fan. One of those victories came from ANC. That's five out of your seven victories that are not in your conference anymore. And matter of fact, four of those seven victories are in the SWAC. So I can't take away the fact that the MEAC has dominated the event. I can't do that as well at all. And I don't want to do that. However, if we're going to get to going to get specific, that don't hold weight. I'm a SWAC guy. You know, it swag guy right i'm alum, former tsu herald sports editor you know what it is over here i'm a swag guy if somebody from i don't know howard let's just use it since they're playing in this wants to come and try to brag me act superiority to me and talking about this game and talking about what fam did to me or bethune did to me well they, they with us now it doesn't hold as much weight if you're going to tell me what a team did to the swag but now they're in the swag what are we really bragging about? It kind of cancels out because you no longer have this have this team that has beat me so much. Now you're going to have to prove that you can beat this team, which you, I mean, had to do in there in your conference, but I don't have to worry about them anymore. You over here telling me X, Y, and Z did this, and I'm worried about A, B, and C now. C is the least of my priority because I got them with me now. You understand? So that's what I look at when I Arrow. You look at the celebration bowl. A lot of that is North Carolina AT. Now, not all of it. Not all, of it, but a lot of it is. All of this realignment is happening. I think it's settled. I think now it's time to begin in that new lab. Like I said, I'm not taking anything away from the MEAC. South Carolina State won the championship. The conference still breeds champions. Central won this SWAC MEAC challenge last year. The conference still breeds winners. So this isn't to take away from anything that they do on that side of things this is simply to say all this realignment some of these victories are outdated how much can you brag on somebody who isn't there anymore 
How much can you brag about what FAMU did in this challenge? How much can you brag about what Bethune-Cookman did in this challenge? It's going to be hard when those guys on the other side. How much can you brag about what North Carolina did? Well, it's hard when they're not in your conference. You still have great teams that you are able to brag on. I got to reiterate this because it's going to sound like I'm just trying to tear down the success and take away from the success of the MEAC, which I'm truly not doing. You still have that are able to win. Just brag on them. I don't think the SWAC is all of a sudden just going to have a landslide. Central is still a good team. South Carolina State is still a good team. You still got two legitimate contenders in here, right? No disrespect to the other ones, but we've seen this out of these two teams. Let's let's just brag on them and let's start it over with a new era in SWAC versus MEAC conversations and discourse. I won't take away from the MEAC is dominated. Still say that. Still say the MEAC has dominated the SWAC as of late in these games. We'll not take that from you. Just don't give me specific numbers because those, those specific numbers just aren't applicable anymore. And that's why I don't want them. We're starting over in 2021, and it is 1-0 in the MEAC SWAC challenge for the MEAC. It is 1-0 for the MEAC in the Celebration Bowl. That's exactly how I'm starting it, and I'm trying to create a trend. Let's follow with me. Going forward, we're going to talk about the two teams in this game now. Alabama State first and then Howard. It's a new era for Alabama State, and we are going to talk about what they need to do in game one of this era. Before we get into that, however, I would love to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more odds, props, and lines than ever before. In addition to that, they also have the best odds, props, and lines than anywhere else that you will find them. Listen, NFL season, the NCAA is here. These games are here for you to wager on. Even if you want to talk about some of the preseason bets here, time's kind of dwindling on that. However, if you want to talk about them, how many games is your team going to win? They have an over-under. Which one are you taking? Who's going to come out of each division? Who's going to come out of the conference? Who's going to win the Super Bowl? You can put money down on all of those things, and then also you can put money down on who's going to win the highest bid. Football season is here. There's not a better time in the year. I care not what you think. There's not a better time in the year than football. So if you're going to make your time better, make sure you're doing it on Bet Online, where the game starts. As we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And make sure that you are checking out the Ultimate College Football Preview. You're going to have all of the insiders, the local experts, the college experts in one place, giving you everything you could possibly need for the upcoming football season in a seven-part series. Make sure you're searching Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Now. We're going to be talking about Alabama State because the mission for them should be set the tone. A lot of teams have little signs up in the locker room, little mottos. For me, if I'm if I'm Eddie Robinson Jr., I'm sitting here and I'm saying set the tone. Those are the three words that I'm preaching every day at practice. Set the tone, set the tone, set the tone, because as soon as we step out on that field, we are setting the tone not just for the game so that Howard knows what's going on. We're setting the tone so that everybody knows what's going on. We're the first HBCU game. We come on at 6 o'clock uh, Central, right? Fam, you don't come on to 6.30. We are the first HBCU game in this whole thing. We're, we're not, mm -mm. we're setting the tone. 
be watching. Everybody's going to have their eyes on us. And then also, there's a little bit of a microscope on us now. We got a new head coach. We got a new quarterback. This is a new era. Set the tone. Because how you come out in this game is going to have major ripples and major ramifications for how people view you throughout the season because this is the first year. We got to remember this. I'm not telling you that everything's in concrete, right? But this first game is going to kind of make people feel like, oh, this is who you are. This is the style of play you want. Oh, Eddie Robinson likes a smash mouth style. Or D. Davis is going to air it out. The defense is going to be this kind of way. This first game, everybody's 0-0. Everybody comes into the season with a, with a new start, right? Everybody is 0-0 zero zero going into their Week 0 matchup or their Week 1 matchup. For Alabama State and Howard, it is Week 0. All right. But here's the thing. You're coming into a completely new regimen. You're coming into a, a completely new situation. It's not just a new season for you. It's significantly more important. You don't have anything to rely on. See, if Jackson State comes out and, and they don't look as great in their first game, oh, well, you can sit there and be like, well, we know what Shador is from last season. We don't really know what this Alabama State team is. And listen, setting the tone does not mean concrete. It does not mean this is how you have to be. If you lose this game, it doesn't mean it's a terrible season. If you win this game, it doesn't mean you're going undefeated. If you lose this game, it doesn't mean you're, as a fan, I'm speaking to the fans now, it doesn't mean that you're doomed for a season of mediocrity or poor performances. It doesn't mean either of those things. All it means is that you won and you lost your first game. However, we know that outside of the field, all of those things are irrelevant, but outside of the field, people are going to talk. And if people are going to talk, you want them to say good things. I can hear them now if they lose. Eddie Robinson should have never hopped straight in the head coach. He wasn't fit for this. He wasn't meant for this. D. Davis. Oh, well, we see why he didn't play at Auburn. He ain't all that. This ain't my opinions, but it ain't hard to predict what people are going to say. We got to understand whether or not we want to believe that there's negativity and, and feed into it. It exists everywhere. It exists. So if it's going to be there, Let's try to erase it with good performances. And, I, and I'll tell you the truth. I think they praying on, on Eddie Robinson downfall because that Deion Sanders, former player, straight to head coach pipeline, there's people who feel like you didn't earn your due. You didn't really go through the hoops that you should have had to go through and you only got this job because you had success on the field. But that don't mean you're a good coach. There's people who, who do not like that about Eddie Robinson. And I partially think that's one of the reasons people want Dion to fail. It's, it's more than that, but we're also not talking about Jackson State right now, so we're not going to get to the more of that, right? We're going to talk about Alabama State. There's people who want Eddie Robinson to fail strictly because he didn't jump through hoops. He didn't earn his position, right? I put that in air quotes for those who are on the audio side. Now, D. Davis, I don't think anybody's really praying on his downfall, you know, but negativity comes whether or not they plan on your downfall fall or not. So I think people actually are excited to see him and think he's going to be a good quarterback. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. Could be from locked on Auburn, thinks he's going to be a good quarterback. We're, we're excited for D. Davis. But the point is, if these opinions are going to be flying, let's control that narrative. You have the ability to do that, setting the tone. Let's not forget what the, what the bulletin board material, what the sign in a, in a locker room says. It says, see tone. That's exactly what you have the chance to do, to go out there and put everybody on notice that not only is Alabama State not a bad team, they're a team that you're going to have to deal with. They're a team that's going to be a tough out. 
And if you want to want if you want to come out and play Alabama State, you better bring y'all because we ain't somebody you're gonna take lightly. You sleep on State, we gonna beat you. That message of how good of a team you are, and then also setting the tone of tone, excuse me, setting the tone of what type of team that you are, are two things that are going to be very, very important. It's something that we should be able to see in this first game. Now I want to switch over to the to the MEAC side. I want to talk about Howard. I want to talk about how have a couple of points of focus that you need to watch out for. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I want to talk about Howard. There are three points, three points of focus that I feel like we really need to look at when talking about Howard in this first game. Now, coming into the season, you're going to have certain objectives, certain things that you want to make sure that you do. However, there are always going to be critical points within that. And I'm going to talk about the three critical points. They all come from Coach Larry Scott's mouth and what I mean. He said it. I'm just elaborating on them and explaining why they're so important. He didn't address them as the three focal points. Some of these were in the areas to improve. Some of these are just looking right. Some are subtle comments. But these are the things that I feel like Howard is going to focus on going into the season. Number one, limit. I don't think that there's a focus on this team that is bigger than limiting big plays on a defensive side. Of course, you never want to limit your big plays offensively, but defensively you want to limit the amount of big plays that happen against you. It happened to them last year, but they were young. So you can kind of use that young excuse. That excuse runs out. And honestly, nobody ever wants to hear the excuse, but the benefit of the doubt starts to run out really after that first year. We in year two now. Right. If we're just talking about them and opposed to last year, we're now in year two. So with us being in year two, that young defense line ain't going to work anymore. That's not going to work anymore. We're not going to buy it. We're not going to take it. We're just going to set the defense back. Big plays are like the big equalizer. Right. Think about knockout power in combat sports. You got that knockout power. You got the ability to just knock another man or knock another woman out. You know, it's always it don't really matter how the, how the game or how the fight's going. Because at any moment I can and I can lay you out. That's really what it is. Right. I was going I was going to say it in a different way. I'm glad I did. I did stop myself. But. um, That's the thing I equate to the knockout power. You get knocked in a boxing match. You lost a round. You get a big play on offense. You're in scoring position most times. Points are, I'm not going to say are guaranteed, but points significantly raise in the likelihood metric. So when we're speaking on that, that's how I view big plays. And if you're allowing them, you're allowing more points. You can't have it. And you know it's serious. When Coach, when Coach Scott was talking in the post scrimmage, this is about two weeks before the season, so about a week from now uh, or where we are right now, he said we allowed a big play. We allowed a deep ball, a deep ball. When asked about areas of improvement, a singular deep ball made him say we allowed one. That comes from having those problems last season. So now you're significantly more sensitive to these issues because, hey, I seen what big plays did to us. And even though we've improved, which is what he said, he said we've improved. But only one to say, no, we got to get this together because we ain't going through this again. Not this year. The number two focus is turnovers. 
forced some turnovers. They only had three last, and that's completely unacceptable. If we're trying to compare it and, and really explain why, last season there was multiple players with more than three interceptions by themselves. You as a team had three takeaways. We're not even just talking about interception. You had three takeaways. That's not acceptable. You know, plays are a equal turnover an equalizer on the defense. If you get turnovers, let's let's look at it with the 50-yard line kind of being the bar, right? So you're trying to cross the 50. If you have yet to cross the 50, if your opponent has yet to cross the 50, then they are in their own territory. You get an interception while your opponent is in their own territory. Now your offense doesn't even have to drive half the football field to get a touchdown, even less to get into field goal range. So with that being said, you're now improving or increasing their odds of getting points. The name of the game is to score points. Of course, you want to stop people, but you still have to score points in some capacity because even if you stop them every single drive, if your offense never scores, you lost. Or not lost, but you, you just tied and you just continue this, the most boring tie in, in college football history, right? But if they're on the other side of the 50, say they've crossed it and now they are in your territory. If your opponent is in your territory, now they're in scoring range almost. You get an interception, points off the board. So either you're taking points off the board or you're adding points on the board for your offense. Okay, turnovers are a pivotal moment. And he did say just the limiting the big plays, Coach Scott said, this has gotten better in turn in the scrimmages. So it's gotten better. This is a great equalizer. And also both of these type of plays can be momentum shifts. Now those similar don't really apply to number three. Those are both the momentum shifts. Both great equalizers. Number three is about the offense, and this could be applied to the defense as well, but let's not just slam the defense, right? Offensive side of things, you need to eliminate mental mistakes, and this is something that wasn't the case in the scrimmage. And the reason the mental mistakes is the thing to be, not any other offensive quality, is because I think they trust their offense to have some weapons. I think they trust their offense to have talent. You got Quentin Williams out there who the HBCU sports uh, team says should have been on the Deacon Jones award watch list. He was one of the leading passers in the MEAC last year. He was a third team, all MEAC player. This is a good quarterback that you have. And when you have a good quarterback, you know, a lot of times your team is, or is going to be solid. You can trust that. You got a couple of good receivers coming back. You got a nice triumvirate of running backs that's coming back or coming in because Eden James is a freshman. And I've heard a lot about him. I've heard a lot of good things about him. But then when you look at who he's joining, he's also joining Jared Hunter. You're also joining Ian Wheeler, who were both all running backs last year. You got three really good running backs, kind of a retooled offensive line. They had a couple of preseason all MEAC players on that offensive line this year. Oh, yeah. It feels like your offense is in good shape. You can't get the mental mistakes out. It doesn't matter. It does not matter how good you are if you continue to make mental mistakes. If you go into the season and you can these mental mistakes that were there in the scrimmage, you will never reach your full potential as an offense. And that's why it should have been, it might even need to be higher. Honestly, it might have been number two, if we're going to be honest, maybe even number one, because that offense is something that they have trust in. And you, and you can't have the one unit you trust faltering. It just doesn't make sense. You can't have it, right? So we're going to be watching out for this game. These are your three units that you are three points of focus you should be looking out for. Limiting big plays, you're going to need to force some turnovers and then also erase the mental mistakes. And mental mistakes look like dumb penalties, um, pre-snap penalties, things like that. Those are mental mistakes that you say, all right, 
we got to eliminate those. So if those continue to happen, it's going to be flooding for Howard and then also beyond. So I appreciate you for making us your first listen today. Every day, I'll actually be back with another episode today. I got Coach Nook from the Draft HBCU family. So we're not done with Friday. We're going to double up on Friday. A little special for you guys. And remember to comment below if you want a lot, just let me know. I tried something different here. I didn't have the barriers in between, in between segments. So I'm just trying to try some new things as we get into the season. Let me know. Give me some feedback on how you feel about that we're doing some things all right now in the meantime in between time make sure you're making the conference shows your comp or your second listen of the day every day and if you're looking for me you can find me on twitter at south exclusives next time that we hear each other family take care stay blessed peace